What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Cosmic Barbecue, a podcast about everything and anything by me, Matt in the Real World, Mikey J. Shields, and Jim Cratchley of Dinosaur Pallop. Woo! What's going on, hey. dudes? All How's good, it going? man. All good. Woo! Woo-hoo. Bloody lovely outside, isn't it? It might well be. It's amazing. I actually just took I, I just took a little beautiful walk slash bike ride. It was sweet. Oh, you've left the cave for your your your, your government allowed walk. Your 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 daily. <laughs> when you say you went when for you went for a walk with your you have your bike over your shoulder or something. Well, <laughs> I cycled to the park and then couldn't ride in the park, oh. so I just walked around. You know. nice. I needed to clear my head. I, I fried my brain this morning. I, for some reason, I got up this morning and immediately started writing on some dinosaur stuff. But I don't know why I did this, but I I decided to start writing simultaneously on three different songs. <laughs> right. I've no, I have no idea why I d- did that. Because songwriting's not I, hard so, enough. So, right? I, I sort of got pumped on one song that i that i'm working on and then i was like oh yeah shit that that made me think of these two others so i opened them up as well and i was like working on three songs and then about an hour later i pretty much like had a meltdown and i was like <laughs> I, I literally can't do this i need to go outside. i mean nobody's forcing you to uh, do this yeah. either it's all of your own I will <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i did it anyway good to hear I, you I played myself good to hear you're I, busy I feel, though you know i played myself yeah <laughs> My my brain feels like pancake mixture right now, so that's good. Anyway, good. What do you want to What do you want to chat about? What do you guys want to chat about? Well, um, this being episode one, um, obviously yep. we threw it out uh, there that we're doing a podcast. Asked a few people what they wanted to hear, and uh, one one of the questions that. which I felt was appropriate for episode one was about how the band became. A thing, um, which I thought would be quite started. cool. Yeah, how it started with you from the beginning. Let's take it right back to 2K7. 2K7. Shit. Yeah. Um, wow. <clears throat> Little baby man. I mean, I, you know, yeah. Dude, it's such a, it's so crazy to think about me back then beginning this journey yeah like 13 years yeah, ago I mean, man. it's bonkers i don't even remember what the hell i was yeah. doing in 2007 oh, mate, it's so crazy to think about all those i mean there's so many well let's get into it there's so many parts of it i mean i started i started dinosaur as a, as a solo project yeah because um, you was that at the same time as you were in mother volpine no i guess it was just after that i suppose like my first band like Mikey just said, Mother Volpine, that, um, you know, I, I sort of, that sort of ended and well, it wasn't right. So that sort of ended and I sort of started writing these other weird little songs. And I guess, you know, those, those songs and those demos developed into sort of, um, the songs that became Dinosaur. I mean, those, those original demos and stuff were, those original songs are really different to, I guess, I guess what Dana sort of became, but I was sort of feeling it out. Do you remember any of those original um, song names? I think I remember a couple. Yeah, there was like, there was a batch of about seven songs that, that were sort of the, 
original demos. They were so different. There was like what Howard said. Absolute ripper. <laughs> that was a good tune, yeah. actually, yeah. There was like... Winter Warmer with the disco oh, beat. Wi- yeah, Winter Warmer. That was like a weird disco pop song. Yeah. These Gloves, that was, a, that was a strange song. They were kind of like... Yeah, they they were sort of weird songs, weren't they? Because they they didn't have a, they hadn't sort of I hadn't sort of figured out what I was doing. I guess no, they definitely sounded um, like they had a um, identity, but it was way more like indie and not quite as heavy as we've ended up being. Yeah, it was way more indie. Yeah, but then Mother Volpine had a bit of that to, to it like, as well. Definitely, yeah. What were you listening to? Yeah, I mean. I was, I was listening to like Mastercraft and stuff back then. Like Mastercraft was sick. So sick. And that that they did that um remix of that block party song two more years and the Mastercraft version of it was just so amazing. It like really um like really influenced me. Um anyway, so yeah, I had those bunch of songs and like it was such a strange time because like I just wanted to do this thing and I didn't, I just wanted to. Were you still in art school then? Not art school, but doing um, a degree. Yeah, I guess I was. Yeah. And how did you record these um, ones? Was that with your, just literally with the Mac? So no, it was crazy before it was actually before I even had a Mac and I bought this. I wanted to start recording these demos, didn't know how to do it. So I bought this Tascam eight-track recorder. Oh wow, fucking old like, school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a vintage one. It was like you know, it was a digital eight-track recorder. Right. But it was it was this big blue box thing, and you could bounce it down so you could have sixteen tracks, I think. Yeah. But I just pretty much used eight. So it was like proper recording with like faders and you'd record it and if it wasn't good enough, you'd go back and delete it and do it again. And I would, so I, I literally wrote the, the first dinosaur demos on that and I had them all saved in it. It was essentially like a hard drive with controls. <laughs> Bizarre. Right. And I'd like, obviously I was playing the drums on those demos too. Yeah. So I, for instance, the Brudenell Social Club in Leeds was 10 minutes walk from my house at, the, at, at that time. I was living on in the Brudenell streets in, in, in Leeds in Hyde Park. And I would... That wasn't where I moved in with you though, right? It was around the corner then. We moved, you moved in with me just up the hill. Yeah. We were, we, were, we were on the side of Hyde Park when you and me were living together. That's right. Just down Royal Park... Yeah, down Royal Park Hill. I was like halfway down that. And at this at this time. And I had an attic room. Um, like my, my little room is an attic room. Yeah. So I used to record and and in my attic room I had this little room off the side that was like a closet, I guess. It had no lights in it. And I didn't have any clothes in it. It was just a weird space that I didn't use. So I put a tiny little desk in it. Maybe it was, I think my desk was a cardboard box <laughs> with, with my eight track on Just some it. pizza boxes stacked and, up. 
Yeah, like, I think I just had two like cardboard boxes on top of each other, and that was my table. And on on that on those boxes, I had my eight track. I had this shitty little chair and a mic. And in that closet, that's why I did the guitars and the vocals for the very the original demo of my rock and roll. Oh shit! And yeah, and then I would. There was a basement in that flat, but me playing drums in that basement was just too brutal so i would so i asked um the guy who there's a venue in leeds for anyone who doesn't know called the Brudenell social club which is absolutely amazing and it's an, a really supportive venue of like it's like the hub of the Leeds scene it's a touring you know it's a touring um staple it's like what would you Yes, yeah, a touring it's, stable. It's like, literally like in in the UK touring scene, it's legendary pretty much, and even more so in Leeds for like nurturing bands coming up. I remember when I uh, moved in and finding out that it was literally down the road. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then getting there because I'd never actually seen it, and getting there to see it for the first time, and it's just this old working man's club the thing, like straight out of Phoenix Nights. I was like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is the legendary brood now. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's killer, man. And so, and uh, Nate, the guy who was, you know, he, he runs the music out of the brew and stuff, runs the brew. So I knew Nate from being in Mother Volpine and like playing loads of shows at the brew and always being down there and everything. So, I, you know, so I asked Nate whether. I could use if he could let me in, yeah, to the Brudenell before because every night there's gigs, yeah. There. So I was like, Well, I need to like, can I come and play drums in the brew before the bands load in? So if I call you, like, can you let me in the back door and play drums? And he was kind enough to say, Yeah. So I would every day I would carry my drum kit down in two or three trips so i literally carry this fucking drum kit down the hill like carrying this fucking kick drum with a sack of hardware on my back and then i go back for the snare drum the hi-hats and all this shit the recorder and stuff it was like you know i i would you know it would take me fucking ages and you wonder why your back's fucked now dude (laughs) dude i know right such a dumbass like what an idiot Anyway, so I'd like, he'd let me in. I'd like set up my kit on the floor of the main room and, and, and record the drum tracks for like, and that's how I did like Love is a Boat, the original of Love is a Boat. So you'd take your little, I'd, you know, my mixer down with you as well. Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. And I'd, uh, and I'd set. How would you mic yeah, up the kit down there? I used to, um, use one center mic like the Beatles did. I, I just heard that the Beatles used one center mic that they used to put above like sort of above the middle of the kit and you can find a sort of sweet spot. Oh, sweet. And just do it that way. So, and that's how I did it. So I just had to be kind of conscious of like destroying symbols. Yeah. Mike, take note. But you ended up getting a yeah, kind of, amen. Co- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you ended up kind of getting a cool sound. Um, so that's how I did it. And then I'd record, yeah. So I'd record the drums in the, in the brew and record the, vocals and guitars in my little flat in the attic i saw and that's how i did it and then and then i'll oh, go on jim oh, i was gonna say i saw i remember seeing like a sort of making of um years ago did um matt maud make it with you 
Oh, of the, the making of in the studio. Growing pains. Oh, was that of making making growing pains? That was making growing pains. Oh, yeah. Oh shit. So that was in uh, two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. So by that time, I'd like done all these demos. I I'd kind of like you know got some management and because it was MySpace back then, right? Yeah, yeah. it was MySpace. That's, That's how where I first, I first heard. heard. I think I heard it was. Yeah. Roll, yeah. Yeah. So I'd put my rock and roll as the song on MySpace and. That kind of immediately got like quite a lot of attention out of like the industry in London and stuff. So fast forward like two years later, I'd sort of got management and I'd played a a, a show or two, I guess, where I just kind of got friends to to play. Oh yeah, no, we'd probably started touring by then, and I had like you'd been through a few different members um, of people just sort of playing your songs yeah, though. It was like Tommy Davidson. Who's now in pulled about by horses? Yeah, I've been been through a bunch of bunch of lineups of of peeps playing the playing the playing the songs. Steve Wilson, obviously, and like Tommy Dornford May, and yeah. loads of people. <clears throat> and then eventually, when I got to recording the first record, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And if I was, if I'm kind of honest, like I guess no one had, no one really had the 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 feel of how i wanted it to be so that was a really difficult decision because obviously i'd gone and done the ep as a as a test of whether i could record everything on my own because i kind of felt like i was like this is th- these are going to be the first recordings of the band yeah that's the greatest and i want it to the, be right the you most know? powerful ep in the universe right yeah yeah and I, like i wanted it to be to sound right. So I was like, I made that difficult decision to kind of just go and do it on my own because I felt like I could get what I wanted out of it, I guess. I, I felt like I could record it. I felt like I could record it better. You did that um, EP with Kenosha, yeah, James Kenosha. Yeah, so I recorded the EP and Growing Pains with Kenosha. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I first heard the yeah. EP and... Um, through like summer hit single i thought oh, this is rad opposites attract i was like this is sick as well reminds me a lot of nirvana but then when i had uh beach bug i was like holy fucking shit i love <laughs> i fucking love this no way. yeah it fucking blew me away That's so wild i remember just yeah. having that song on repeat for about three weeks yeah i had a real vibe to that song i remember like the the team at the at, at the at the time that when they heard that they were like stoked on it yeah um yeah and i mean you know there's so much like so much detail that goes into this i feel like i mean it's hard for me to like know how much to say because i could talk about this for literally hours and we don't want to i don't want to like bore people on a podcast and stuff but i think people would be um, pretty stoked i mean include what you want to include bro yeah, I mean, so I recorded the, that EP and Growing Pains on my own up at James Kenosha's uh, studio in Bridlington. Yeah. And by that time, we'd been touring a bunch and we had, I had that red, that old postal van as our tour van. Oh my God, um, that van. You've told me some fucking stories about dude. that van. I, that might be a different, yeah. a different pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but so and I'd, drive, I'd drive down to Bridlington on my own I'd stay in this kind of spare room at the studio on my own like and then James would come in every day to the studio and we'd record and then I'd go to bed 
like living on noodles or whatever. Uh, Losing your mind. I think it was, I mean, yeah, like thinking, looking back, like, I don't know, man. I was pretty fucking resilient, I think. Yeah. Like, looking back, because that, it was pretty hardcore. Like, just, I was out in uh, James' studio for months. Literally months. And literally months making that record. And it was, you know, it was a pretty, it's pretty, pretty intense. Like, obviously, James is just like the loveliest dude ever. But, you know, we were making, making that record was intense because I was doing everything. Yeah. And that's exhausting. And then you'd, and then you're kind of, he'd leave and I was just alone. It was, it was a really strange time. Um, but it's pretty cool to have that like really time. intense creative period where you're kind of realizing what you want the band to be like all these songs that you spent so long writing to be in a, like a professional studio environment, working with somebody like James is pretty fucking rad. Yeah, it was killer. And like, obviously, you know, I, was, I can't remember how old I was then, but, but, you know, um, 24, I think, or something. Now, I but there, there was no deal in place either yeah. at this point. You were just making an album, right? Yeah. There was no deal. Like, we were, you know, there was no deal in place. Like, we were going to try and maybe release it on a major if anyone picked it up. If they, if they weren't, we were going to release it on an indie label, which is what we ended up doing. I think you had publishing, um, though, th- right? Before the album, which I think funded it. Had you got I a publishing deal? I can't remember. Yeah, I think maybe I did. I think maybe that was the first thing that, that, that I, I did through management and all the kind of hype and stuff in, in, in London. I think that's what, what that was the first thing I did so I could kind of fund it all and, and live on it and stuff. Yeah, um, that, that, that is so right. I could, so I could actually make it happen. Yeah, because I remember um, yeah. hearing from somebody else in the scene about uh, the first time uh, I think Steve or somebody went to a music shop and just picked out a drum kit and he was like, yeah, put it on this, put it on this card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everybody, everybody's people, like, people probably oh, had they've uh, suddenly got a bit of money, have they? Yeah, that people probably had a lot to say about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that I give a yeah. fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And then I think it was whilst you were recording that album was when uh, Steve dropped out of the project and you suddenly were like, okay, shit, I need, I need a drummer. And before you'd gone in, uh, who were you playing with or was it a headline tour when you came, came through Norwich the first time? So I'm pretty sure that was with Steve on drums, Steve Wilson on drums and Tommy on, on bass. It was. We came through Norwich. Yeah. And you were playing with the Brownies yeah. as the first on, or I think you were first on. Yeah, I think I was first on. I can't remember who was supporting us as the main support, but you were first on. And I remember watching you your set because there wasn't much, many places to like hang out whatever at the the art centre. Yeah, the art centre, which is um, unusual now, I have to say, because you hardly watch the other bands playing so totally but that i guess that's because now i've been touring for (laughs) 12 years or or whatever like (laughs) fucked you know yeah (laughs) just want a few moments of peace and quiet yeah back then you were young and sprightly right yeah yeah like Like. please let me rest (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, back then I, I I would come out and like watch the support acts and stuff, and thank God I did because I came out and watched you guys play, and yeah. the brownies were sick. But I remember watching Thanks, you and be like, that dude fucking slays, and he he looks like he's like a super young Dale Crover type of vibe. I had who, super long hair, Dale Crover, super long hair. I was like, that's fucking rad, and he and he shreds. <laughs> And yet you did remind me of, like, I've always thought you've had a, a Dale Crover vibe, like, with how you play play your, f- like, fills, particularly triplet fills. You, you have a real weight to them, and your flams, obviously. So I immediately heard that. I was like, that's fucking Melvin's, like, all over, and I dig that. So I think, I can't remember what happened. Did we, was I at the merch stand, and you came up and said hey afterwards or something yeah i came over and said hey it said like i was like oh man fucking loved that set it was really awesome i remember before the gig though um speaking to you very briefly and i think you had just heard about your ticket sales and you were like if you know anybody who wants to come to the show tonight just put them all on the guest list bring as many people I was, Amazing. I was like, oh, yeah. this, this show's obviously going to be busy. Uh, was now. that the first time you played at Norwich? <laughs> um, I think it might have been. Yeah, yeah. The Arts Club's a pretty decent yeah. place to play your first time through Art Norwich. Center. Art Centre. Art Centre, sorry. Actually, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Dinosaur, it was, it was weird. Like, Dinosaur, pre, just, you know, pre-Growing Pains and coming up to Growing Pains, had a lot of heat strangely yeah like, it did it was getting were, loads of coverage I remember it was, like, that. really yeah. hyped like like the demos i think rock and roll my version or no yeah i think it was properly recorded by them but like rock and roll was getting played on radio one and stuff like i had no idea sort of how much of a big deal that was like now i fully understand what that means if 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 a radio station like radio one is supporting your record like I'm a lot wiser now. Like I sort of understand what's happening. Whereas as a 22, 23 year old kid, I had no fucking idea what was happening. I mean, like, your PR person at the time no was idea. Anton Brooks, right? Yeah, who did Nirvana? Yeah, absolutely like, mind blowing. He did the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, like, like, and it's you know, and that's rad. Like, w- w- and you know, now our team that's behind Dinosaur is you know, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the world and everybody in it's a freaking all-star. But to be, a to be you know, to just have some demos and, and someone like Anton Brooks approach you, like, that was wild. It's huge, but, literally from putting a few things up on MySpace back then. Yeah, yeah, and, like, really one playing and stuff. It was, it was crazy, but, like, I guess I just... I don't know, I was so young, I just kind of didn't know what was happening. And may, maybe that wasn't like um, pressed upon me like enough, you know. Like now, like I've been doing, we've been doing, we've been doing this a long time, and I've been doing a lot this a long time, and I kind of fully realize what stuff means. Like when someone's supporting a record, how much of a big deal that is, totally. Who they are and how much reach they have and stuff, but it's it's crazy when you're when you're young. It's like everything's just kind of a blur. You Isn't know? it wild when you think back to then and there's like so many different things that kind of. Um, even when I joined in 2010, like as the record was coming out, I, 
there were so many different things that we do kind of differently or would change completely now in, with hindsight but there's so many other like younger artists who are coming up with like with their first album and they just seem to get it right and it all clicks straight away and it's like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know like sometimes i'm you know it's that it is weird maybe that's down to like sometimes i'm like is it down to the team that's looking after them at that time is it uh, like i don't know it's it's crazy is it to do with luck is it to do with just how shit works out like no one's journey is the same no totally but um, i'm I'm always Um, like we weren't that naive were we (laughs) yeah i know i mean fuck maybe i was i have no idea yeah like so yeah and then after that norwich show I played in, we played another show in Norwich. Yeah. And you were supporting someone that time. You played. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We were supporting someone. Was that Dan and Anna? I think it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. Might have been that tour. And you came down on the guest list, did you? Or something? Yeah. Yeah. I think. um, And and then we. I think we were in touch on email by that point. Okay. Yeah. And then. We after the show there was that party at someone's house, is it Maxie's house or something? Yeah, my girlfriend at the time, my sister. Um, where I think you ended up staying. I think I ended up staying, yeah. And you put on Weezer Blue on the stereo, and I was like, Oh dude, I love this record so much. And I think we just like started massively sort of bonding over out it. and sort of and yeah, bonding over that. And it was after that pie, um, I think I went back to studio or then I went did Growing Pains you or something. You started it pretty soon and after And coming that, out yeah. of that. Yeah, okay. And then coming out of that, I emailed you because obviously Steve had started playing with Japanese voyeurs. Yeah. Um, so I was like, cool, I need to like get a touring drummer. And I immediately thought of you, obviously, because I thought you were you were great. And you told me you told me once that so you used to joke to everybody that I was gonna because you'd watched us play at um uh Reading and Leeds. Leeds Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading, Reading and Leeds, yeah. yeah. Which one? Was it Reading or Leeds? Uh, the Reading, Reading Festival, guess, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you'd watched us play that Ready One Tent set, which was pretty mad. And you told me once that you used to joke to everyone that I was going to, I'd asked you to join the band or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I just that. kept joking. I'd be what, like, what was that? Just being like, oh yeah, Matt's definitely going to ask me to join Dinosaur Pile Up one day. Just feel it, like always just as a joke. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I just got an email last night from Matt. He's uh, asked me to join. So, And then one day it actually fucking happened. And then I... <laughs> <laughs> like, so no, no, no. I'm, I'm not even fucking kidding this time. I, legit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that is so wild. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years old, and I was like, fucking hell, all right. And I think I remember calling you after, because I was like, okay, I need to talk to you about it. And that conversation the where you were selling it to me, you were like, yeah, man, pretty sure we're going to sign to Geffen. Uh, we've got all these shows lined up. We're going to go to New York, play CMJ. Um, going to be really busy with touring and everything. And I was like, fuck yeah, this sounds amazing. Okay, I'll do it. So I'd drop everything in Norwich, like quit my band, quit my job, go and move up to Leeds. Uh, literally threw all my shit in the back of a van, which you and Harry, um, John's the bass player at the time, drove down in to come and pick me up. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, 
so I remember, so we rented me and Harry. So Tommy had stopped playing the band as well. So Harry had joined the band. No, Tom was still in there. We Harry was this... rhythm guitar. Oh shit! Yeah, for like one show, right? I think it was. I think it that literally a couple of warm up shows. I think Harry's playing rhythm guitar for yeah. Yeah. And then Tommy left. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. I mean, it's so so much. Of my memory is like. I don't know, just, I'm just so bad at remembering yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude, it's been, what, 12, we re- 13 we years of touring. It's fine. <laughs> I know, yeah. We rented a van and uh, drove down. I remember just literally turning up outside your house, or was it Stevie's house or something? Yeah. And you threw, like, two bin liners of clothes in <laughs> and a mattress. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's and amazing. that was it. <laughs> And yeah. we just we just shut the door. We're like, "Cool, see you then," and just took you to Leeds. <laughs> Four hour journey. I mean, it was fucking and, oh, surreal shit. that journey. Just being like, "All right, guess I'm. I guess this is it then." Me the and these two now. guys. These two guys are I hardly fucking know. Okay, hope this works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the funny thing was, like, the so I'd been living with a uh, mate of mine, Liam, in my flat. Liam had recently moved out, and his room. I'd ended up kind of writing the record. Oh in. my god! So this fucking just, room, dude. It was just full of crap, pieces of drum kits. I wrote the whole record on that couch. This couch in there. It was just a trash heap. But I'd kind of like literally one corner of it was just this mountain of crap. I don't even know what it was. There was a stack of like 11 pizza yeah. boxes in the corner. Pizza Kano. It was just, yeah, yeah, dude. Shout oh, out. I lived on that stuff. Shout out Pizza Kano in Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I'd sort of like being airhead that I am, I'd sort of forgotten about that. And I'd also forgotten to tell you about that. Yeah, so, so I fucking turned up. getting to my flat. <laughs> Going up the fucking stairs, going into the flat, and then seeing this room, and I was like, "This can't be where I'm staying." And then Matt's like, "So this is your room?" I was like, "What? what the fuck, dude? Not, I can't even see the carpet in here. You, you haven't cleaned it. You haven't yeah, prepared it, was, it or anything." What was the rent like? It was really bad. Uh, it was alright that flat. I think it was like three hundred or something. Remember. Was it? And he didn't Each? even clean it. I lit, I, I, I literally can't remember. Yeah, I was too busy writing the fucking thing. Anyway, I can remember... I mean, I have such a vivid memory of, like, when... Like I'd, I, when we were living together in that flat, I have such a vivid memory of, like, walking in... And like, every morning I'd, like, come and wake you up and I'd, like, be kept putting the coffee on and stuff. Yeah. And Mikey, <laughs> Mikey slept on... The couch. You slept on the for couch ages. for ages. Yeah. Because yeah. we had to Maybe sort out that fucking there was room. No floor space. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. There was no floor space for the mattress. <laughs> so we just slept on the couch for like months. And Jeez. I'd wake him up in the morning and he still had really, really long hair. And I'd like open his door and be like, hey man, I'll make coffee. And every morning I have such a vivid memory of this he'd like kind of wake up put his glasses on and immediately just pick up his cigarettes and roll a cigarette <laughs> 20 seconds 20 seconds later he was he hadn't moved one inch just lying on the couch smoking that was my reward for waking up <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no, i just yeah I, I just never forgot that 
Yeah, loved it. Anyway, um, um, fucking hell, that is. I think I've actually got a picture on my phone of exactly how it looked. So I might, if uh, when we put this up, I might put it on uh, Dinosaur's Twitter or something, so people can have a look at just what kind of a fucking shit state this, this room was. Dude, please. I want to see this. this. I wish I had. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, I wish I had my um, like the thirty-five millimeter little Nikon that I shoot all our tours on now. I wish I had it from back then. Yeah, because there was so much cool shit that we just didn't document, which is is a kind of regret of mine because all of that stuff is just priceless. Gold dust. But, no, yeah. Um. Anyway, so. How do we? Yeah, so yeah, like, then so much to. Then I cover. got in the band. I think we can do um, a bit more of an abridged version to, uh, up to where Jim joined. Yeah. So and so Jim, we were touring early days. Yeah, we met. We met. I think just around the same time that Growing Pains came out. I think, or you just put out Rock and Roll because it was on the radio. So I remember hearing it when we found out we were going to be going on tour with or. We Dinosaur and my first band were like the support acts for the Automatic, was it? Oh fuck, the Automatic. So this is yeah, before I. This was. is before I even yeah. joined. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this yeah, was. So this was um Steve. Steve Wilson was on drums and Tom was bass player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were you, know, you were still in Opera House. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and you guys were the main. Uh, you guys were the openers. Yeah, yeah. And you were all obviously really nice and like totally you know vibe to the guys and then when opera house ended you started tribes was created yeah and i remember johnny i remember johnny lloyd like playing me the demo of tribes i was like fuck this is like so killer like just immediately knew that that was going to be a thing yeah and that yeah that kind of that the, like what you were saying like that kind of all, like instantly kind of just clicked but we had we had a sort of good team and um you know like real sort of insiders kind of thing so that kind of worked and went up real quick yeah you guys straight off the bat it was like oh, yeah shit. like yeah yeah, yeah. Who's this so band? yeah we did yeah, i was doing that it was for, like a big deal for ages but we always sort of hung out when you were in town and then you guys moved down to london and or well, you did yeah. Matt. Um, so yeah. we were always. I think in... we both moved down together. You you were always that band that was drinking in Camden. It yeah, was, that was, it was always like if you go out drinking in Camden, you will see tribes. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. Heroes, yeah. I think. And, you used to and, think I, and that. by that time, like, where was heroes. it? Was it heroes in? Oh Kansas yeah, town? fuck! I remember heroes. No, we used Kansas to drink town. it. We we had friend. There was that. The flower pot in Kenwich Town was our thing, and then there was the Crown and Goose in Camden, which is now Flats, which is yeah, the Crown and disappointing. Yeah, the Crown and Goose. I I'd see you guys at all the yeah. time, but like I remember getting getting like messed up at Heroes because it was that bar just kind of popped up, and it was the cheapest shittest bar. It was so so like shit. all of <laughs> it was so bad, yeah. man. Like dirty but all the bands immediately started going yeah. there because it was yeah. fucking cheap pint yeah. for three yeah. quid and then i and by that time i was kind of mates with johnny obviously so like i you know i'd always catch up with him and stuff yeah and then i remember playing what was it was it two trees yeah. yeah yeah and you were pl- you were and tribes played just before dinosaur yeah yeah and and I remember, I remember you guys played, and then you were rolling out pretty much straight afterwards. You watched our set 
from side of, like behind the amps. Yeah, like, side of stage. Oh, such a vivid picture of you... Mikey slaying with his long hair and that floor tom that you used to use as a rack tom, like right in your face. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Harry John's throwing yeah. up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wild. We were such I a mess like, What is this band? Yeah. <laughs> I remember we this band from the Automatic band, Tour. And they were all lovely, lovely young men. Now look at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I We were just such a mess of a band. Like, I think sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe we just weren't fully formed no. for a long time. And we did all of that forming in the public view as a band. Whereas sometimes I like that's what bands do before they literally where they where come bands get all that band. exposure is where they've refined it and it's already like fully like you say fully formed and they've got this finished product to present yeah. to everybody. And you know, like people know what they're doing on stage and they have their moves or whatever and it's all worked yeah. out. We were still finding our feet and like who we were and what what this band even was. Yeah. 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 We were just like, we totally didn't have our shit together. Like, really. I always looked, I always watched Dinosaur Pile Up when I was doing my other projects, though, with like crazy envy of how fun it all looked. Oh, that's cool. Really? Yeah, man. I loved it. I loved that's it. I'm rad. fangirling right now, but that's I loved rad. it. <laughs> yeah. I remember after that, um, I remember like playing that set and like looking backwards and stuff and seeing Miguel like grinning his face off at <laughs> yeah, us and stuff. Dude, and yeah. then, and then we, uh, I remember you guys rolling out after that and I jumped in your van real quick and gave you a vinyl, I think, or something. Yeah. I gave you, I think I gave you a vinyl of growing pain. I still have that. Yeah. And, obviously. But yeah. yeah. I remember that. And then, and then, and then kind of, you know, tribes got fucking busy and, and, and we were, I guess we were busy and stuff. The tribes are playing on rooftops in Canada and then stopping traffic and shit. Yeah. Yeah. We were, yeah, we were playing in the junction in (laughs) fucking wherever to 20 people for about seven years. Sure. (laughs) First, yeah. First show on a rooftop. It's been a tough road. Yeah. Not the Beatles. Yeah. That was fucking Beatles. That was killer. Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Well, fast forward how um, many years and tribes had finished? Like four years, maybe. Yeah. Four and, uh, years, got, and we've yeah. been through a few different lineups. I think in that. Yeah. Time. And I got the phone call from you, Matt, and you were like, "You're free, right?" I was like, <laughs> you like, "Am I?" <laughs> yeah. 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 Just. And he's like, "You got? Have you got a visa for America?" It's like, oh no, it's just it's just expired. He's like, will you come to America? without a visa <laughs> do this tour <laughs> like, do you remember what tour that was no was that Wymas? oh fuck it was that was our first mm. US tour yeah because you're because James who was playing bass at the time had visa issues didn't he he didn't it didn't look like he was going to be able to go yes it came through it did, yeah, so yeah. late yeah like on the day I it think. came through on the day of the yeah. flight didn't it yeah <laughs> holy shit it came through on the day of the flight yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't do that obviously... one. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was kind of like, fuck, we, we're not going to have a basis for this tour. But obviously, you know, later down the road, James ended up leaving the band and you were free. But I think maybe you'd kind of had a bit of a a sort of personal journey where you'd maybe considered giving up music. I had, completely, yeah. I wanted to, because I studied photography at the same time that I was, getting into music and i really wanted to follow that 
I remember um, meeting you, Jim, at that yeah. pub in Highgate at the what used to be the Weatherspoons in the garden. Yeah. And yeah. you were kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I am kind of thinking about starting up my photography stuff again. And me and Matt were like, oh. This <laughs> <laughs> so was, yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah. But then you lured me in. And then, yeah, and then I remember having that meeting. With Adam, with- our manager. Yeah. Uh, oh fuck. With Adam. So so we brought down so we met you in Soho. Yes. And and me and Mike yes. were like, Adam, you've got We were like, like we need to bring to in the big guns. You have <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Adam Adam uh Adam our UK manager, like or our you sort of our UK side of our, our management is maybe the most charming and charismatic yes. one of the most charming and charismatic people you will ever one meet. One of the in best life. talkers. And unbelievable and we were like dude we really need to get jim in the band so you're gonna have to come to this meeting and somehow get him in the band <laughs> yeah and i am um... i remember we met you and so i dyed my hair pink oh so that fuck was i completely yeah. forgot um, about that oh my god yeah i dyed my hair bright pink i remember <laughs> I dyed my hair bright pink um didn't i walk in and adam like had his had this whole massive speech prepared yeah, and because and, and, uh, and he was late, yes. wasn't he? Because we had already met up and started talking. I remember actually being yeah, really nervous. Yeah, I remember yeah. being nervous about whether you were going to join us. I was. Yeah, and then we'd, yeah. we'd sort of all sat down together and had a beer, and I'd been like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then Adam walked in, and he's like, right, here's the thing. And started on this, started on this like, rant, and you were like, nah, he's already in. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. It's fine. It's sorted. He, he was livid that he didn't get to do he his full livid. speech. Uh, yeah. yeah 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 man and here we are and here we are and what so, a journey I mean, I mean yeah that is a that's you know that's that's how it all that's how we got to this place but i guess there's so much detail that you know we've maybe we've maybe breezed over but yeah I think this that's that gives you like quite a good. I don't know, how... like the amount of times that we get asked that question, um, in you know interviews where you can't elaborate on things. It was actually super awesome to hear the details, and I remember like the story of yeah Mikey like throwing his mattress in the van and being basically abducted to go to Leeds. Yeah, shit like that is just is priceless. <laughs> yeah. and I've forgotten all that, and it's fucking wicked to hear it. I forgot to mention as well, yeah. obviously I said that Matt had, had sold to me the life of being a dinosaur pile up on the phone, which I remember vividly having this conversation <laughs> in the kitchen about all these things, you know. The first meeting we had with our manager which, which, the by, which, by the way, Which, by the way, not to interrupt with Mikey, sorry dude, but how Mikey said, I'd said to him like, oh, we're going to sign to Geffen and we're going to go to CMJ. These are all things that I'd been sold by <laughs> yeah, my yeah. management at Here the time. He's I've been told all this because because it did look it did look kind of we were in kind of kind of a good spot and I was like holy shit like I think my life's about to change. To be fair, the guy and... from Geffen, the guy from Geffen did fly over specifically to watch you guys, right? Or to meet you? Yeah. Was it to meet? You? Yeah, and obviously, no, yeah, it was to watch and and to meet me and stuff, and and we did, you know, we met, but fuck. I mean, I was just like a kid and we sucked live. Like we weren't good yet. I don't know why anyone was, I don't know why anyone was getting all these people to see us. Like, I think basically when we came out with like rock and roll and stuff, 
I heard that a lot of people shit the bed about it because they were like, oh shit, this guy's like gonna do, he's gonna write the next Buddy Holly. Yeah, everybody thought like you were gonna Team be like Spirit the next or Weezer or Foo Fighters. Absolutely. Yeah, like they thought like that this grunge thing was gonna happen because of us. And that's cool and all, but I just wish people <laughs> maybe you know, maybe waited a bit and not been impatient because we hadn't written that song yet. Yeah. And everyone, you know, we just hadn't, we just hadn't written that song and, or I hadn't written it, you know, and I think that was, that was important. I kind of feel like maybe back in the day, people should have waited and and, and to see if that was going to happen because I don't think we were ready for all of that attention and all of those people because in the end i think those people kind of had high expectations of us and then saw us and shit and were kind of disappointed because they're like oh like these guys aren't ready yet or I mean, it's classic it's, it was know. like a lot of hype and it's it's easy to get swept up in it and to feel like because when everybody's telling you that this is going to be massive this is huge you know we're on the right projection you know everybody at radio one loves it enemy loves it you know um, it's easy to buy into. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember getting down, having a few practices and and then hearing that our manager, Stuart Clark at the time, was coming to meet us and give us an update on everything. And uh, we're all sat there on the couch at Rock and Roll Circus in Leeds, the practice studio. And he was like, well, first things first, chaps. Um, we're not signing to Geffen and CMJ's off. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Also, uh, also... Two promises. Uh, also, we're running out of money, so you're all going to have to go and get a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like, heartbreak, bro. Bro. <laughs> I've been here a month. <laughs> I just quit a job. <laughs> yeah, that was tough, man. Yeah. We've like, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs. Fuck. I remember also one of those first uh, weeks I, I was with you and you were calling Stuart about moving some money over to your account. You're like, yeah, I'm running out of cash, you know, um, and he's going to buy some food, what's left in the abandoned account or whatever. And I think it was 20 quid. <laughs> I think he moved 20 <laughs> quid over for you. And that was it. I remember, I remember specifically some <clears throat> brutal times like you and me had run out of money <laughs> i love this um, here's here's a here's a here's a couple of memories for here's you. an insight one yeah here's an insight of, of how like grind you know just trying to stay in the game we had no money and my best mate in the whole world jay maud who is all of our best mates and he's probably one of the loveliest people on the one planet one of the nicest fucking dudes ever he's just the he's just the best he jay i mean we all love pizza right we'd all we eat a lot of pizza <laughs> but jay would often be ordering a pizza and by this time me and mike had run out of money so <laughs> we'd call jay and be like hey dude what are you doing he's like, oh just chilling and me and mike would be like cool like should we play Maybe some? Uh, come down and hang out later. Play some video games. Then, yeah, or? play some. Play some video games. Come and hang out. And our ploy was to go down to Jay's and eat his leftover pizza because <laughs> we had nothing. <laughs> but he might because we had literally nothing, and we were like, "I know that Jay's going to order a pizza. He'll probably eat about five slices. There should be two slices left <laughs> that maybe we could get in on." 
<laughs> so we've walked down to Jay's. And hey, what's up? Just like eat his pizza. We'd eat his crust. Literally, he'd leave his crust. Up, like, and we would fucking go to town on those. And be like, do you, do you want that? Do you want those? Do you want those? Oh my and then there was another time where Jay, uh, he, he, you know, like when people like collect pennies or five P's, just like loose change that is so fucking <laughs> annoying. He collected like a, a tub of five P's and two P's and shit. And we were so skin. And he was like, hey, dude, I've got this tub of five P's. And he, bless him. He dropped off this tub of five peas and two peas and one peas at our flat. And I remember walking down to the corner store with it <laughs> and literally counting it out with the dude on the, on the till <laughs> and buying up. like crisps and all that. Our shit. snack of choice uh, was like this fake Mexican, which was basically tortilla chips and uh, yogurt. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. I remember stood in the kitchen and all we had was yogurt and tortilla chips and eating that and a gherkin. And a gherkin. Yeah. A gherkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I was looking into your eyes thinking, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what this is bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is fucking bad. So many of oh, those man. moments, which anyway. I'm sure we'll talk about during these podcasts where that you just sort of like, is this going to work? Yeah, dude. I mean... I still have those moments. I had a really big one of those moments right before, just as we were finishing the record, just before we signed to Parlophone, being like, holy shit, this isn't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, bizarrely, it did. Anyway. That's for another time. I think we should uh, wrap this one up. Yeah, for another time. All right, dudes. Um, this has been cool. Yeah. If anyone has any questions and stuff, um, Talking to the listeners, if, if if you guys have any any have any questions, just like shoot them over or whatever. I think maybe we'll just like on an afternoon just before we're going to do a podcast, we'll probably just shout on Twitter or Instagram that we're going to do it, and you know to throw in some questions because it's quite cool to just like go through this stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that was that was obviously one question with a really very long answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we can do more i guess there'll be sure yeah yeah there'll, there'll also be as well because of the purpose of this is to talk about uh you know band stuff but also just musings um that we've yeah. had so there'll also be a few episodes that are completely unban related um yeah for sure like you know what yeah. if dogs had no legs for example you know i mean okay yeah or you know living in the wild wild west what was that like how would you know what would that be like that's all, a great discussion i think we should that, all we should gold yeah let's get on to that yeah. sweet all right anyway i hope everyone enjoyed this and it wasn't too uh long-winded or whatever but we'll catch up later in a bit all right all right dudes later bye bye